Welcome back, everybody. It's Sarcasm Speaks. <clears throat> Jared and Bob here, flying at you. We might get a uh, we might get a surprise mid-show guest appearance from Spencer. Uh, so at any moment, he could just pop in. I don't know, or he might not show up at all either. That's that's also very possible as well. Uh, I just told Bob before we started recording um, that Spencer had texted me and was like, "Oh, I, I think I'm going to sh- show up on your show." tomorrow as a guest and i was like all right sure go for it man you're always welcome uh so we'll see if he actually shows up what time he shows up we don't know or like i said he might not might not come in at all but the show goes on for us here so um i'm just i'm gonna get i'm gonna get into this because this this i think is is nuts so i Recently, and actually today, um, I finished finally the book on Titanic Thompson. Oh, you actually got that? Yeah. So I know you had said you read it, what, last year? No, I never read it. I just saw that it existed. Oh, I thought you had read it. No, never read it. Oh, shit. So, well, on your recommendation of a book that you didn't read, um, when you you talked about it, (laughs) on the Mm -hmm. podcast like a year ago (laughs) i was like oh man i should check out that book and then finally i got the uh i bought the audio book so i didn't actually read it but i i listened to it so i i I kind of read it i guess but holy shit dude this guy do you know anything about him yeah i mean he killed five people he hit how many wives did he have four or five um five he had five wives he would hustle people play golf both hands yeah and all the people that he killed were always like attempted robberies yeah yeah so this so this is absolutely insane so his i I won't give too too much away if you actually want i'm not gonna read it okay all right so i'll go so spoiler alert for any of the listeners again i mean the book is fucking i think it's like 16 chapters I'm not going to be able to cover the entire book, but I'll give you some of the highlights and then you can decide whether or not you want to, you know, seek it out and read it or listen to it. Um, so the, the whole first half maybe of the book is just about like his early life and like how he became who he was. So one of my favorite fucking stories, which came in like, the second chapter is um, him as a kid. So he was born Alvin something. It was AC Thomas. So Alvin, we'll call him fucking Chris. I don't know. Uh, Alvin, Chris Thomas. And as a child, he the, the one of the very first times that on record uh, that he hustled someone, he would go to this pond, this fishing hole every day. And he saw this guy with a brand new fishing rod and like a wicked nice tackle box. Like he was rich, right? So he every single day he would go to this fishing hole and this this dude with a nice fishing gear would be there. And uh, Titanic Thompson, again, as a child, would go there with his dog. He's playing with his dog. And one day he goes up to this guy who's fishing and goes, I bet you your fishing gear 
that I can throw this rock into the pond and my dog will grab it. So the guy's like, okay, deal. And then he gets ready to throw it. And the guy goes, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a second. We got to mark that rock. So how else would I know that the dog actually got the same rock? So little Alvin Thomas goes, you're right. So he takes out a knife and he scratches an X into the rock and he throws the rock into the pond and his dog runs in after it and his dog swims down, goes down underneath, grabs a rock, comes back up, spits the rock out. Kids got the rock with an X on it. And the guy, the fisherman goes, oh, that's a neat little trick. I can't believe your dog actually did that. You got a great dog with you and starts to pack up his stuff and walk away. And the kid looks at him and goes, where are you going? We made a bet and you lost. Your fishing gear is mine. And the guy just gives it to him and leaves. <laughs> so then you learn, you learn that the day before, so he'd been going to this pond every single day, right? He watches this guy fishing with a really nice fishing gear, brand new rod, tackle box, whole thing, whatever. He wants it. So the day before, when the guy left, he spent like 10 hours at the pond fishing out rocks and carving an X into every single rock that he could find <laughs> and put throwing it into the pond. So then when he did the carved an X into the rock and threw it into the pond, his dog just went in and grabbed any rock. But he had been there for so long carving X's in the rocks that they all had fucking X's on them. <laughs> so he fucking hustled this guy and he was like 12 years old. <laughs> can't teach that shit. No, you can't. You can't. And that's like, it, it, that's the entire fucking story. Again, it's like 16 chapters long. I think the audio book was like seven or eight hours, something like that. So it's not, truthfully, it's not bad, right? Eight hours. Like you spread that out depending on, you know, whatever people's commute is, you get that done in a week. Um, so it, it's just, it's just wild. This guy's whole life. He was just a hustler. They so he was born in like 1893, I think, or 1892. And they talk about he just he got into gambling. Um, he I think he got kicked out of school or he just quit school when he was like 15 and just started gambling like all the time. And he would mark the the cards because back in the day like you know all playing cards today are are coated with like plastic shit or whatever like back in the day they were like legit paper right probably like cardboard or something and he would the in the book they talk about how he would like have these methods to make the most subtle little imprint like he would use a fingernail to like make a small tiny imprint on like the corner of the the face cards so when he was playing cards with people, he would know what everyone had. He would, well, he would know like if it was a high card or if it was a low card, just based on these marks. And he would just hustle everybody. It, there was a, another story where he, the, like I said, the whole book is riddled with these fucking stories. So, and this is all just the first half. So he um, starts to practice like a trick where he takes playing cards 
and and like flicks them like Gambit, the gayest X-Men. Uh, he flips them into a fucking hat, like a fedora. And they said he practiced for a month of just throwing a deck of cards like over and over again into the hat. And he would make bets with people by the time he was done practicing that he could sit there and flip 50 out of the 52 cards into his hat. And people were like, there's no fucking way you can do this. And he would sit there and they tell the story. He would, he would flip all the way to like 30 or 40 in a row. And then he would on purpose miss two. (laughs) And then people would be like, Oh, here you go, kid. You're going to owe me. And then he would just finish the rest. Like whatever, 10, 20, 15, whatever it was he had left, he would just nail them all in a row (laughs) and just take people's money. (laughs) It was fucking nuts. Like he was just a hustler. He was quite literally like in every sense of the word, he was a hustler. Um, It's, it's a, it's so fucking great. They, they talk about how he got involved with, um, fuck, is it Aaron Rothstein? who was the guy that financed the throwing of the 1919 world series with the Chicago white Sox, the, 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 which thus known as the Chicago black Sox scandal. Uh, he was like involved with that guy. He would like play poker with him. He, he hustled him a few times. Like it's it, he was, uh, he was running with Al Capone for a little while, like just like hanging out with him. Like it was nuts. So he he traveled all over the country just gambling with people. And like as the story would go, like as he started to become too well known, he would just leave and just go somewhere else. And again, this is the early 1900s. So he would go to like Joplin, Missouri. And then when he would like, you know, kind of overstay his welcome there, then he would go to like fucking Pittsburgh. And then after there, he would go to some fucking random town in Virginia and like no one knows who he is he just rolls into these towns he spent a lot of time in oklahoma and then finally he made his way to chicago and being in the gambling scene and the underground world in chicago he began hanging out with al capone and he said he hustled him one time just and in in his whole like the way he describes it the guy kevin cook wrote the book but how he describes it from titanic's point of view was that he couldn't resist Like, it didn't matter who these people were. Like, he had to hustle them in some way. So they said, like, he waited. He waited, like, six months of hanging out with Al Capone before he actually hustled them. And this this story is actually pretty great. So he's walking down the street with him. And he goes, Al, I bet you I can take that lemon from that lemon stand and throw it up to the top of the roof of this building. It was like a six-story building. Um, And Capone goes, okay, you got a bet. And then he goes, but wait a second. So he takes, he pulls a lemon from the lemon stand and squeezes it with his hands and like squeezes all the juice out of it. So now they're talking like, now it's a weird shape. There's no juice left and it's sticky. So what Titanic Thompson had done already was he he went the day before and he filled one of the lemons with buckshot to make it heavier so he could throw it further. And that's the lemon that he picked off the stand. 
And then Al Capone hands him this like smushed fucking sticky lemon. So he's, he fucking does like a, a crazy fucking sleight of hand movement that no one fucking picks up on. And he switches the lemons and he throws his lemon to the roof on the sixth story. And Al Capone thinks it was the lemon that he handed him. And he gives him whatever, 500 bucks, right? Which in 1920 is like, I don't know, fucking a lot of, a lot of money. And uh, they said, that's the only time he ever hustled Capone. He was like, I, I couldn't do it for more than that one time, but I had to do it at least once. (laughs) And uh, so that's like, that's like the whole first half of the book. It's just telling stories about how he's just insane running with all kinds of uh, Nick, the Greek, the gambler, like the massive gambling uh, guy from the, you know, the, the depression era Um, who was the uh, Meyer Shansky who was another guy that was involved in a bunch of uh, he was in like the Jewish mafia for a while. Um, the guy who started the Flamingo casino out in Vegas, like all of these people. And then like right around again, the middle of the book, it talks about how he found this thing called golf. Like when he was, I think he was in, I think it was while he was in Chicago while he was hanging out with Capone. I think Capone liked golf. So, which I guess makes sense because it wasn't the very first golf course in America, in Chicago. Or like in that Chicago uh, area. Uh, I don't know. Chicago Golf Club's old. I think it might have been the very first golf course. Um, either way, he he starts picking up golf when he's hanging out with Capone in Chicago. And... um. He gets really fucking good at it. And he gets to be so good that he can play both left-handed and right-handed. And he just hustles everyone. So he was a natural lefty who could play right-handed. So what he would do with people is he would play them right-handed and lose. And he's playing like five, five thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollar games. And this is in like the 30s in the forties. So um, he would play them right-handed. He would lose, right? He'd lose like $10,000 and then he would go, all right, double or nothing. And now I'm going to play you lefty. And the guys would be like, all right, fuck off. Like it's it's another easy $10,000. And he would, he would beat him. But the thing that he said that he would always do is he would only ever beat them by one. He was so fucking good at golf that he would only beat these people by one stroke because he knew if he beat them too bad, they would never play him ever again and he would never be able to get their money. <laughs> like this guy, this guy is absolutely, guy's absolutely insane. And he would literally be like in the, in the book, they say if the guy he was playing against shot a 69, Thompson would shoot a 68. If the guy he played against would shoot a 79, he would shoot a 78. Like he w- he was so fucking good that he could just beat an- anybody by one. And then they start talking about like, so then, you know, times could pass, right? So now we're in like the 40s and the 50s. And 
people start to get to know him. He's involved in a bunch of a bunch of killings. Like one of the one of the people that he killed um was uh this is actually a pretty funny story. So I forget it might have been when he was in Oklahoma, but someone came to try and rob him because they knew who he was, right? He had spent too much time in this one town in Oklahoma. So people find out knew who he was, they knew he had a lot of money, so they tried to rob him. But he was a great wouldn't you know he was a great shot too he was wicked fucking accurate and he pulled his pistol and killed these two guys before they could shoot him and he gets arrested he gets brought down to the station and then they you know they look at the other two guys and they go that the chief or sheriff whatever the fuck goes mr thomas i want to i want to thank you very much for uh for what you did today he goes, those two men were wanted for murder, rape, fucking larceny, like all these things. Like they were two like top most wanted criminals in like the area. And the sheriff just lets him go. <laughs> like he just shot these two guys who tried to rob him. And the sheriff's like, yeah, you're free to go. You did us a favor. <laughs> Again, this is like the 1930s. So you could do shit like that back then. Um, so yeah, when he, when he starts playing golf and he starts getting really fucking good at golf, he starts literally running, like spending time with Ben Hogan, Sam Sneed, um, who is the, oh, Byron Nelson. Cause he went, he made his way to Texas. Yeah. And, those are all the Texas. Boys. And those are all the Texas guys. So he was a little bit older than, uh, Hogan and Nelson but he used Nelson as a playing partner when he was like 15 years old. So he would, he would take him and he would pretend that he was his caddy. There was another guy. Fuck. There was a guy that he won like the 1944 U S open, but in, you know, 1939, when he was like 17 years old, he took this kid and made him like pretend that he was a caddy at some random course. So Titanic Thompson is like trying to talk to this guy who's really rich and trying to get him to play, but they kind of know who he is and they know he's really good. And he goes, okay, here's, here's what we'll do. You find your best partner. You, you take the best guy at this club. I'll take, I'll play with that kid over there. That ca caddy, what's your name? Come here. And he like grabs him and it's Byron Nelson. And he ends up like pretending that they, he doesn't know him and Titanic Thompson and like 17 year old Byron Nelson work these two guys for like $40,000. And then Thompson gives Byron Nelson like 15 grand. <laughs> and it's like, here you go. <laughs> like this, it's just like the wild shit. Like this guy, it, cause then, so then as he gets a little bit older, Right. Again, people start to know who he is because he's really good at golf. And I think it was Sam Sneed that asked him, why don't you join the PGA Tour? And Titanic's answer was, well, I can make more money doing this than I can on the PGA Tour. And Sneed was like, well, well he wasn't wrong. <laughs> he was making like 20, 30, 40, $50,000 per round. Because he was just playing with ridiculously rich people. He would go to these like exclusive country clubs and play with these people. 
if he was born, or I guess actually, I guess Michael Jordan would have had to have been born way earlier. Michael Jordan would probably be bankrupt to this dude. Because <laughs> he, he wouldn't have been able to beat him. Yeah. And that would have pissed him off so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, like the stories that are in this book are unfucking real. And so also, too, as he gets older, he gets um, he starts playing pool and he starts hustling people and he meets uh, New York Fats, who in the Hustler movie is Minnesota Fats. And then you learn like I didn't actually know this, but I always thought Minnesota Fats was like the real person. But what happened is uh, the movie The Hustler came out in like the 60s. I think it was 1961, actually. And they one of the characters in the movie was called Minnesota Fats. And in real life, there was a guy known as New York Fats. So that guy sued the guy who made the movie for using his likeness. And there was this whole thing ended up getting thrown out in court because it was a different, it was just a different name. But because of that, the guy then started becoming known as Minnesota fats and then became super famous. So it ended up working out in his favor anyway, but so Minnesota fats, the pool player who is also the character in the hustler was originally known as New York fats but it, so he starts running around with that guy. He hustles everybody in pool. It's just, it's wild. Like his whole life is just absolutely insane. His whole thing was he never wanted to be a dad. So he would like get married to one of his wives. And then when the wife got pregnant, he was like, all right, you can choose the baby or me. And they were like, well, I'm going to keep the baby. So he was like, all right, I'm out of here. And he would just leave. Like he would leave that he always said he would leave them a shoebox full of cash and just leave. Like one of his so he hustled some dude in in uh Indiana out of his farm. And then come to find out his farm had oil on it. It was in Evansville, Indiana, which apparently is really rich now. And uh he hustled this this guy. I think it was a he might have been in the oil industry or something, but he ended up getting his farmhouse and all of his land. And they found oil on the land and he just became mega rich. He was making like a thousand dollars a week again in like the forties and fifties um, off of this. They were just drilling oil all over his land. So the wife that got pregnant when he decided to leave one of them, the one in Indiana, he was like, all right, you can have all the oil fields. So he just signed over the deed <laughs> to all the oil fields that were making a thousand dollars a week. And he was like, yeah, I'm out of here. I'm going, I'm back. I'm going back to gambling on the road. He, he goes, he, he says in the book, he goes, I'm not an oil man and I never will be. I'm a gambler. <laughs> so I'm like, I mean, talk about, I, I am who I am. Yeah. It, it's a phenomenal book. Uh, it's a great, it's a, it's a great listen, I guess, if you want to say how I did it or a great read. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would recommend it to anyone. If anyone was like, Oh, I don't know. Should I, shouldn't I, you should, you should get it. It's uh it's very enjoyable. Like I said, the amount, the whole book is just all stories. 
and and just wild stories. He would bet. Sounds like there's plenty of them. He would bet people that he could throw a watermelon over a building. So he would take a watermelon, throw it up to the roof of a building, and then he would have someone on the roof take it, run to the other side of the building, and throw it off. Like it's just it's just absolutely like insane shit. It's, you know what uh, though? I mean, it's like you'll say it's like, oh, he's just a hustler. I'm like, there's a lot of fucking organization to this. Yeah. A, a lot, lot of, of he would practice. He would that's the that's the big thing in like the first half of the book, is he would just practice. I think they said he spent a year learning how to play golf before he ever played a full round like he would just go to the driving range and just practice before he ever like actually teed off and played nine holes or 18 holes a whole year of practice without ever actually playing the game (laughs) and again he learned how to play right-handed and left-handed as a natural lefty I'm surprised he found left-handed clubs. Yeah. Must have to go to Canada. That's where all the lefties are. <laughs> that, uh, I'm surprised he, used... he never went to Canada. You know how easy it would be to knock off Canadians back then? Oh, yeah, I bet. But I don't know how much money they would have had. He he was like all about um, rich people. True. Like he moved to, he moved to uh, L.A. for a while and lived in Beverly Hills just so he could spend more time with rich people to hustle them out of their money. Yeah, plus what's he going to do with a bunch of loonies and toonies? Yeah, exactly. So it's uh it's just a it's a great life story. Like of of all of people's life stories, um that has got to be one of the most fascinating ones. Like he's, so. he's from like a little podunk town in Missouri, became mega rich, hanging out with people like Nick the Greek and Al Capone and Aaron Rothstein. And then also later in life, hanging out with and like kind of sort of mentoring Byron Nelson and, you know, Ben Hogan and Sam Sneed and all these guys like. And Minnesota fats, like it's, it's fucking wild. He, oh, he, you know, Doyle Brunson, remember Doyle, old Doyle Brunson player. Yeah. Yeah. He, he basically showed him how to hustle in poker like Titanic Thompson. So Titanic Thompson was like, I don't know, probably like 30 or 40 years older than Doyle Brunson. So when Doyle Brunson was like 18, he would work with him and like teach him how to play different, like different ways to hustle in poker. <laughs> this guy might be the world's biggest degenerate ever. Oh, without a doubt. Like there was, there was, because it's all, it's pool, it's poker, it's golf, it's all these, it's all like yeah. the gambling activities. There was one quote from someone in the book that said, uh, 
if Titanic Thompson ever tries to make a bet with you, you say no, because despite whatever it is, he's not going to make the bet unless he knows he's going to win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this shit was a lot easier back then too, but. Right. A lot of it was just like funny shit too. There was one of them. He told someone he bet them he could throw a pumpkin up on the roof, on the roof of a building. He was always throwing shit on the roof. And someone's like, what the, you can't throw a pumpkin. So he goes and grabs a little tiny pumpkin. That's like the size of a, a softball and throws that. Cause when you say pumpkin, you think like think a big one. the big pumpkin. And he goes, no, it's, this is a pumpkin. I'm just going to throw it up there. And he threw, and he just throws it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Cause that was the thing too. He was actually a great athlete. They talk about that too. He was like six, two, like, I don't know, probably like 180 pounds back then, uh, which is, which is big. Right. So, and he was just, insanely athletic he had phenomenal hand-eye coordination it was nuts like everything he did was just nuts so he never had to work a day in his life that's right i don't think he ever did actually <laughs> he didn't have to his job was hustling yeah yeah now the end of his life was kind of sad but i won't ruin it but I mean, he's a degenerate gambler, you know, and he got old. So he ended up uh, in a nursing home, basically. So. Fucking trying to hustle people out of their fucking pain pills and stuff. <laughs> so trying he... to get e extra cookies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me, like I said, is that one person was tied to so many different people like all across the spectrum. <laughs> so kind of fucking nuts there. Glad. Uh, I'm glad you said something about it <laughs> like last year, whenever that was. And it just stuck in my head. Like, oh, I'm yeah. going to get that book. I didn't even read it. <laughs> Yeah, the whole time I thought you had already read it. Nope. <laughs> I just uh, saw it. Yeah. All right. So this one, this next thing is actually, um, I think it's pretty hilarious. And I'm going to say we were ahead of our time. So we generally are. Typically, typically we are on this show. So... If you've been listening to us long enough, right, you know, you know, we talk about the uh, the old politics there and all the people that run the politics and bullshit like that. Um, we have some fun with it. Right. So we were talking about Pete uh, Bukaki judge. He we call him the uh, what is he the the transportations are. I don't even know the whatever king. Everyone's a king. Yeah, the transportation king. But no, there was like a, a money czar, right? We had a couple czars in there, right? Oh. Uh, yeah. I think there someone was a it was like the the transportation czar or something like that. Wasn't that the mayor of Rhode Island? Yeah. Mayor, governor. The governor of Rhode Island. And the, yeah, the mayor of the city well, of Rhode it Island. It was the mayor of Boston, ended up being the fucking commerce or labor union king are whatever the fuck i don't know 
So we 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 play around, right? We have these fun we have these fun names. We call people czars of of shit. Well, officially on the record, the United Kingdom has just appointed a free speech czar. This is one hundred percent real. This is not fake news. The UK announced that the Prime Minister is going to appoint a free speech czar whose role will be responsible for ensuring universities don't censor academics or visiting speakers for controversial views and will have powers to investigate universities suspected of censorship. Um, Leading contender for this role is, is suspected to be a Cambridge philosophy professor who has spoken out against cancel culture. Uh, the UK PM campaigned on an anti-woke policy. Uh, on Monday, he also blocked a Scottish law allowing trans people to change their legal names without a medical diagnosis. So here we are. The United Kingdom. One, I think this is cool. I think it's a I think it's a good idea, right? Um, I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah. Because especially the college thing, I, I mean, like, I don't really want to get into, like, the Scottish uh, law or whatever. But especially, like, the college thing, because that's been, like, obviously, I mean, it's super polarizing anyway, right? Right. Like, college campuses. And everything is, like, so fucking liberal that to have, like, in a program i guess it's a program i don't know or some level of assurance that you can't just block out everybody that disagrees with you right yeah i mean i think it's a good idea i mean because i like that part again because if it's going to be a college like that should be a place where you know, you do learn about different things, not just what the college decides that you can only learn, like in terms of point of view. I don't know. I mean, I also at the same time would just say like, just fuck off. <laughs> yeah, you can just fuck off. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting, like you said, to watch, um, kind of see how it's going to play out. Um I did not know this about the the new PM because I know the the prime minister. They've had like four prime ministers in the last like year and a half, because um, I think Boris Johnson stepped down and then got replaced with someone, and then they were got kind of forced to step down, and that replacement only lasted for like a month, and then. She stepped down, and now we have this guy. Um, the fuck is happening over there? Yeah. So, I mean, luckily I for know. us, there was a war fought in 1776. That means we don't have to give a shit what England does. A hundred percent. Same so, thing with their stupid fucking queen. Yeah. <laughs> well, now it's a king. Yeah, but the queen died. Like, I was supposed to fucking care. Oh, yeah. Fuck out of here. Oh, she's the longest living fucking whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's like cool. again, no one really gives a shit. We threw their tea in the harbor for a fucking reason. Yeah. Also, they're literally a figurehead. They don't actually do anything. They don't appoint anybody to office. They don't do anything. 
Like they're, they, they, I don't even think they get to, well, they get to vote probably nationally, but like, like their vote isn't like worth any more than the fucking blacksmith. <laughs> if they even still exist. You what know, do you think like, the blacksmith industry is like these days? Um, they got to be England? work. Yeah, probably. I can't imagine there's very many swords that need to be made. Um, I mean, they probably, uh, it's probably one of those, like it's been a consolidation thing. So there's probably not a lot of them left, but the ones that are left are probably pretty busy just because, you know, there's not a lot of them. <laughs> I need a sword forged. Yeah. Bro, you know, you can go to Walmart and buy one of these for cheap, right? <laughs> Yeah, what yeah, else? But, well, but yeah, I came I came to a blacksmith. It's like, yeah, man, this guy, this is a little bit of a fucking farce, if we're being honest. <laughs> what do they like? What else do they do? I they, they make horseshoes though, right? Don't they? These these are all like such specialized. Yeah. What, so what what effectively what does a blacksmith do? Do they forge metal? Basically, yeah. Like they to they to really black. break it down. Okay, thanks for that. <laughs> Let's see. What does a blacksmith do? Iron. They work with iron. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, are they the ones making like my cast iron pans? Potentially. Yeah, blacksmith produce objects such as gates, grills, railings, light fixtures. Furniture, sculptures, tools, agricultural implements, decorative and religious items, cooking utensils, and weapons. So yeah, maybe they do make the uh, the pans, the cast iron pans. What's well, another one? It's all, can you make me a cast iron pan? Hey man, they're 20 bucks at Target. It'd be yeah. a lot easier if you just went there. You can literally go to Bass Pro Shop and get one for fucking 20 bucks. And you can get like six different sizes. <laughs> Like, I'm going to charge you out the ass for this. Yeah. yeah. Are you sure you really want this from me? <laughs> oh, I always thought it'd be cool to get something from a blacksmith. Hey, man, it's not the 1800s anymore. It's like, <laughs> this isn't that cool. Oh, wow. I didn't know this. So there used to be a historical distinction between the heavy work of a blacksmith and the more delicate operation of a whitesmith, who, who usually worked in gold, silver, pewter, or the finishing steps of fine steel. So jewelry? Yeah, or like they used to make like pewter cups, you know, like gold. Uh, they did use like to make yeah, like chalices did. and yeah, shit like that. Shit for the church. Yeah. So the whitesmith was like kind of a bitchy blacksmith, right? Like you think about a blacksmith, you think about like kind of a badass, like kind of like fucking, I would imagine like mechanic hands that are just thick, yeah, man, like, like sausage fingers. <laughs> they're forging shit from fucking iron. Yeah. It's like and metal and molten and hammers. And you think the whitesmiths used to get made fun of all the time? Probably had to. <laughs> Like, okay. I wonder if that was like a, like you were almost kind of ashamed. Be like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I, I, I work with, uh, I, I work in a forge. Oh, you're yeah, a blacksmith? Okay. 
Yeah, okay, make me another ring yeah. or a fucking cup, yeah. you pussy. Yeah. Let me see those hands. Those don't look like the hands of a blacksmith. Yeah, you let must, me guess. You, you got to use tweezers smith. today, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, make sure all your shit's buffed out. <laughs> Enjoy your finishing work while the blacksmith is over there fucking hammering iron. You're like, oh, I got to melt down this gold, this uh, gold bullion so I can make someone a, a wedding ring. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. cute. I'm going to make yeah. them a big fucking like furnace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make a wood stove. Yeah. I'm going to make them. Iron. I'm, I'm going to keep them warm. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I'm going to make a long sword so they can fucking kill you. Yeah. So they can stab someone with it <laughs> or maybe chop someone's head off. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with your jewelry, though. Yeah. That's fun. And hope hope you uh hope you have a good future with that. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know that there was a there was a difference. Now you know. There's a blacksmith and a whitesmith. Racist. Racist. Well, is it though? Because the whitesmith is kind of a bitch. The blacksmith is cool. Racist. Is that still racist? You're picking color. <laughs> Smithing is racist. <laughs> Forge, forging, smithing. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Well, forging is making things out of metal. Yeah. So I guess that's what they do. They forge. Well, they do it out of iron, I believe. Yeah. I believe blacksmiths got to do it out of iron. That's what makes it black. You know, as a moderate historian that I am. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, I dabble. Here and there. It's a hobby of mine. Yeah. So yeah, free speech. All <laughs> oh, right. Anyway. In so, uh in the UK. Away from blacksmith. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna come back. Um, but I, I mean, do did, think did it ever go? Oh yeah. In England? Oh yeah. Oh. They're like up there with Canada as far as like not being able to like say certain words. Oh, like I think Canada is probably worse, but uh, but the UK got pretty bad. Well, the Queen does need to tell them what to do. This is true. So they're yeah, going to know that they're going to be waiting around for her instruction for a little while. <laughs> I yeah, I didn't know that. Many answers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I also, um, I, I, I mean, like our country's stupid enough. I don't need to know what another country is stupidly doing. Yeah. So forgive me for not paying attention to fucking England. Yeah, it's kind of like what what the people here in this stupid country are trying to do, or the stupid people in this country are trying to do, is make it kind of a little bit more like uh, Canada. We should be more like Canada. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just go around saying I'm sorry to everyone. President Ben Franklin would be fucking losing his mind right now. He would. Today's his birthday, I think. I think he'd be 317. Is it really? I think so. A three-year letterman posted about it. <laughs> you think he, if he lived that long, he would have ran into Titanic Thompson at some point? Titanic <laughs> Thompson definitely would have taken money off Ben Franklin. <laughs> like, oh, you know, I can fly a kite too. I bet you I can fly a kite. <laughs> and I won't just find electricity. 
I'll find like a shooting star or something. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you I can fly my kite across the country. <laughs> Just have another identical kite waiting in California. See, I told you. Here it yeah. is. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of flying, actually, this is kind of, uh, kind of interesting here. So the FAA shut down all flights last Wednesday, a week ago. Yep. No, no, not today. Today's Tuesday. Um, but last Wednesday they shut down all flights for like six hours or something like that. Um, cause the computer wasn't working. Was alleged, that that day? Allegedly. Well, I mean, that's what they said. Why would they lie to you? Yeah. <laughs> Why would the government lie, right? So to have some fun with it, again, I don't necessarily believe this, but it's fun, right? It's entertaining. So the FAA comes out and shuts down all flight. All planes are grounded uh, on Wednesday for, again, I think it was like six hours or something like that. No, not one commercial flight could could land take off whatever if a plane was in the air they were forced to land somewhere um there was a story of a couple people were flying back into the country from europe and they were forced to land in um Reykjavik in iceland uh, on the way so it was like nothing no one's in no one's out whatever now they said they being the faa and the government um, said that there was a computer malfunction uh, that, you know, created an unsafe whatever the fuck uh, and that the planes were had to be landed because it wasn't safe. Now, I think Vinny sent me this on Twitter, but somewhere on the internet, there's like a flight tracker that all of these commercial planes were grounded. However, you could see that there were um, government planes, I guess you would call them. They're like fighter jets, right? Like they were like whatever, F-18s or whatever the fuck that were flying across the Midwest. So commercial flights are down for six hours, but there's military aircraft in the air with some pretty significant activity so some people are were saying alluding to the fact that potentially they were moving nukes around like i don't even know what that even means right like why would you even need to move them like were you going to take them from nebraska and bring them to wyoming like I mean, generally, wherever the nukes are, they're probably there for a reason. Right, right. They're, like I said, in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska or fucking underground somewhere in Montana. You know what I mean? Like, where And if we is. open up, like, a new nuke house or a new nuke shed, yeah, like, <laughs> wherever these shits are stored, just make more. Put them yeah. in there. Yeah. Just make yeah. new ones. So that was one thing that I heard um, that was kind of sketchy. And then the other thing that I heard was there was a threat or a potential threat of, uh, I don't know, I forget whether it was a cyber attack 
or a terrorist attack somewhere in Europe. Um, either that day or the day after or something like that. So, because whatever it was, like it, it was kind of all put together like a, a few days later. Like I just heard about it was yesterday. I think I just heard about it on a podcast, and they were like, "Yeah." So they shut down the FAA, shut down all the flights in America on Wednesday, and then Thursday there was like an alert of a potential attack somewhere in Europe. So they were like, "Hmm, I wonder if they got tipped off of something that was potentially happening." in the US. So they just grounded all the planes and then told everyone that yeah, it was a computer malfunction. But really there was like a credible threat somewhere of a terrorist attack or a cyber attack or something, you know? So again, those are two different theories on the same thing, which kind of goes to show you that like some of these theories are probably dumb and aren't actually true. Yeah, they're you, not moving. You can have you can have the same event and have six different explanations of what was actually happening. So let's let's do this. So say you're the nuke king. Yes. And you have to move the nukes. I want to be a czar. Can I be a czar? No. You haven't earned it. <laughs> so you're the nuke king. And you're like, all right, I got to move these fucking nukes. But like something I really, I really, really don't want to happen. I really don't want anyone to find out that I'm moving nukes. So you're sitting there and you're like, I got to move these things. I don't want anybody to find out. Would you shut down all commercial airlines or would you just move the nukes? Because I would just move them. Because if I'm trying to move these things in secret, and I don't know why it's a secret, I would keep everything business as usual, status fucking quo. Like, we'll just fucking move them. Right. So that is the dumbest one out of any reason why. Like, if we're not going to believe that it was a legitimate computer issue, because I'm not actually ruling that out. Just because of how many people are like, well, that's just what they're telling us. I'm like, right, right, right. Maybe it was a fucking computer issue. I have computer issues every fucking day. <laughs> so, whatever. I think them moving nukes over the fucking Midwest, dumbest one. Yeah. Um. But there was military aircraft activity. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. But this is the thing: normal, regular people don't know what normal, regular military activity is. Yeah, it's a training exercise. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever the fuck it is. No one knows what... Okay, so that's my thing. All these people that put their fucking James Bond hat on, like, we're going to investigate. I'm going to figure out. I'm going to figure out. I'm the one that's going to figure it out, yeah. I'm going to solve this. I'm going to start with Facebook. Ooh, I found a flight tracker. Yeah. Well, there's no way they could hide any info there, of course. (laughs) Nope, definitely not. Yeah. Oh, oh, I found something. It looks like military. Yep, moving nukes. It's like, bro, like people could be learning how to fucking fly. I don't fucking know. Yeah. I don't, as a common idiot, I don't know what normal military daily activity is in the mid fucking West. Right. And I would also imagine that military aircraft 
probably have nothing to do with the FAA and fucking, you know what I mean? Like they probably oh. check in, but like they don't fall under the same guidelines. They have their own military oh, I'm flight. I'm sure system. they take precedence over the FAA. If they, yeah. if they, if they call and go ground everything, the FAA is probably grounding everything. Right. Now, again, I don't trust that the people who are coming up with these theories know what regular military activity is via plane in the Midwest. Could be plentiful, could be fucking nothing. Yeah. What the fuck does it, do these people know? They don't. <laughs> so therefore, we're moving nukes. Yep, got it. Perfect. <laughs> now... I'm going to, this is actually probably going to veer a little bit away from me. If there was a threat of terrorist attack, maybe it wasn't credible, but maybe there was some smoke, right? Yeah. So maybe it was enough to be like, listen, we don't know if this is like a real terrorist attack. Like, we don't know if this is going to be like an actual thing. But we're going to look really fucking stupid if we let these planes fly. Like, it's like, hey, it's it's not legitimate. But in the case that it is, like, we're going to have a fucking sticky situation on our hands. Yeah. So let's just fucking ground things and let's not create mass hysteria. And I blame the people for that. People are going to want to blame the government. They should tell us. They should tell us if there's a threat. No, you people can't handle it. No, because the truth is there's a threat every single day. Every day. Like that's a legitimate thing. Like every single day, the president gets handed a folder from the CIA that outlines all of the credible, like credible threats that have now made it to the president. Never mind like the not the non-credible ones. Like, here you go, here's you know, the top 15 threats, and here's the likelihood of them actually happening. Literally every single day. And that's the thing. If it's not like there's going to be a time where there will be an actual real like imminent threat of terror attack. And they'll probably let us know because it may involve like if they catch it ahead of time, it may involve like a lockdown or a shelter in place. Like I would not doubt if something like that comes down the pipeline. I don't know when. But you want to talk about and I mean fucking imminent threat right people it, like if if it's like like 20 percent or less like likelihood you can't just like spout that off the people can't handle it they're too stupid right right like i don't fucking care because like if someone's like oh we're gonna get bombed well when i see the fucking thing whistling its way down i'll fucking do something actually no i won't because it's too late at that point yeah <laughs> but like what like that's the thing is like what am i supposed to do right like if there is a threat like if someone's gonna blow me up like they're gonna blow me up like there's nothing i can do but also we're not lucky enough to actually be affected so there's because that one boston isn't a major city so no, it doesn't I mean, do enough damage sorry sorry to fucking you know just disappoint all the people that live around here that are like, don't, what do you mean? Come on, Boston's awesome. No, the truth of the matter is Boston's not big enough really to be a target. Um, also kind of sucks. Yeah. They would go for New York or DC before they would go to Boston. Probably even go um, for Philly. Yeah. Yeah. Jersey. So, 
Yeah. Like, well, There's I guess just... if you, I guess if you get New York City, you get Jersey too. Right. 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 So, you know, I mean, Boston certainly would be on the list of East Coast, but like, it's barely top five, if not just outside the top five. Like, you're not. It's 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 just not a fucking you know a a, a target, right? And then outside of that, even if it was. We live far enough away that like we're still not even affected. <laughs> like I live 40 miles outside of Boston. Like if anything were to ever happen and Boston were to get blown up, like I'm fine. I'm literally 40 miles away. Like there could be a massive fucking nuke dropped on the city. And I think the furthest it spreads is like 12 miles. Hey. Maybe. <laughs> I'm 12 miles from the North End. So you're probably like right All on right. the edge. I'm in the splash zone. Yeah. <laughs> but that's if it's like a huge one. I think a like a a regular, you know, regular nuclear bomb is only like five to seven miles radius. Um, but I think the, they can get up to like a 12 mile radius. So, you know, it's like, all right, cool, whatever. I'll just be... I'll be down here in the part of the world that no one gives a fuck about because I'm 40 miles away from Boston and I'm 35 miles away from Providence. So like, what do they want with Providence? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The Providence isn't even in the top 20. That's even more, that's even more useless than Boston. Yeah. So, Oh, what do you mean? It's a greater Boston area. Yeah. (laughs) Right up there with Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, in uh, New Hampshire. Yeah, the greater Boston area fucking spans like two hours. Yeah, from Worcester to New Hampshire to Rhode Island. Three states, three different states are in the greater Boston area. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, so I, I assume a lot of people are like, well, if there's a terrorist attack, they should tell us. Or if there's threat of terror, they should tell us. And I'm sitting here like, nah. The general person's too stupid to handle such info. Yeah, they now, would be should, mass panic. Should they should they be transparent? They should, but like right. I said, the citizens have dictated that they cannot handle such things. Right. Therefore, keep it to yourself until you fucking can't. Right, right. That's that's the funny thing. You know what I just thought of too is like if you did that. Across the entire country, there would be like hysteria. So there would be people in, you know, to to use a callback here, Evansville, Indiana, where Titanic Thompson once lived. People would be freaking out, being like, oh, my God, there's going to be a terrorist attack. I can guarantee you all of the money that Titanic Thompson wagered in his entire lifetime that Evansville, Indiana will not be a target. No, they would if if they received any damage it would be a fucking accident. Exactly. But like that's the thing, right? Like you're going to have people in like backwoods Kentucky flipping out, going to Walmart, trying to buy all this stuff. It's like, dude, you guys are fine. Like there's there's literally nothing for you guys to worry about. <laughs> like Yes, please don't... acknowledge how irrelevant your existence is. <laughs> so yeah, exactly to your point, like that's why you know, imagine, you know, I was going to say, imagine the people in North Dakota, but you know what? I know nothing really about North Dakota. Well, it doesn't I exist. feel like they're the type of people that live there 
that are very, pretty self-aware. Like if you're going to live in North Dakota, you're going to be self-aware. You got to know like, yeah, we're not, we're not in trouble here. It's only <laughs> military mean? bases. Yeah. Yeah. Like They're you, you got to know. That's where the nukes are. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or even like South Dakota, North Dakota, South Dakota. Like if you live in that part of the world, in that part of the country, and there's ever like a imminent terrorist threat, you got to just sit back and be like, bank them in here. Yeah. No one gives a fuck about South Dakota. Yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> What's a terrorist attack in South Dakota going to do? Hurt tens of people? Yeah. Oh, they're going to kill so many buffalo. Yeah, like <laughs> the natives will be gr- the natives will be so happy. <laughs> it's like yeah. fuck, hunting season just got done for us. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to chase them off a cliff and go get them at the bottom today. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's just, people are just dumb. People are dumb everywhere. Really? Like I said, except for the Dakotas, I feel like they're, they're a self-aware folk. Probably Idaho. Montana too. Idaho. Like that whole yeah. area. I don't know what we want to call that. Is that, that's not the great plains. Is it the Dakotas uh, is plains? I think. Yeah. Well, that would be like more like Dakotas, Oklahoma. I don't know what that is. Like West. Because it's not quite Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Like, what is Montana? Like, what is that considered? Like, Montana, Idaho, Wyoming. Like, those three states. Like, what is that? Are they, like, really, like, a part of the world? They're kind of like their own thing. Now, I don't know about Wyoming, but the other two, I'm starting to think that they're fucking hiding trade secrets from us. Uh, I know for sure they're hiding trade secrets. Fucking cowboys and shit. Yeah. Because apparently the like because it the neck it, of Idaho is like the most beautiful fucking place in the world. It's literally because it's not the Rocky Mountains, it's nope. not the Great Plains. Nope. Uh Mountain West. Yeah, the Mountain West Conference. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing I'm like seeing. Yeah. What is, uh, let's see, what is the region? Montana. What region is Montana in? Yeah, it says it is a state in the Mountain West Division of the Western United States. Huh. That's uh that's interesting. So yeah, it's apparently called the Mountain West region. And they give but they give Idaho to the Pacific Northwest. They're probably pissed about that. Yeah, they probably don't like that one bit. <laughs> so Mountain West is that. like Wyoming, Utah. Uh uh. They didn't give it to. They didn't give it to Montana. I'm um, sorry. They didn't give it to Idaho. Pacific Northwest. That must drive them fucking nuts. Yeah, they definitely fucking hate that. Although, if you Google the Mountain West states, Idaho is there. Oh, okay. So, what do you got? 
It's Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado, Utah, and Nevada. Those are your Mountain West. That is a sneaky, strong part of the country. Yeah. Sneaky. Yeah. Because there's no, like, cities or anything. And no. I think this, I think sometimes they include uh, Arizona and New Mexico. Yeah, they're like depending. Interesting. So yeah, so what the Great Plains would be what Nebraska, Nebraska. What's what's south of South Kansas, Dakota? Kansas, Nebraska, and Kansas. Yeah, it's like that area, and then Oklahoma. Oklahoma, I assume. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, there you go. The Mountain West region. Shitty football conference. Uh, good area region. <laughs> good area region. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. good to look at stuff. It looks cool. I would play the fuck out of golf in that area. Oh yeah. But I mean also so like now we're we're kind of getting into like a little tough spot. Like, can you even fly to these places? Well, yeah, that's one of those like, where it's like abandoned dune situation where you fly in and you gotta drive three hours just to get to fucking anywhere. where you wanna go. Yeah. Or you gotta like fly in somewhere and then hop in a helicopter in order to get somewhere. I'd fucking hop in the helicopter. I've never been in one. I haven't either. So. You want to uh, wrap this bitch up? I think we can wrap this up. All right. Um, so. Booked a trip to Charleston. Going with other like-minded golf fitness people whatever so we're going march 24th and um you know i'm going it's like an event thing like it's something that's been almost like four years in the making because the way the way like the the group was like started was was like something we were going to do virtually and then at the conferences or the summits we would meet and you know do dinner around a golf or like whatever now, I don't mind doing it. It's like, you know, it's like the little bit of networking I actually do in the field. And, you know, you can bounce ideas, whatever. It's the mastermind group. That's what the fuck it is. Right. Um, so we're finally going to Charleston um, because all of the summits and all the conferences, those are all fucking dead. Like the last one was supposed to be 2020. They usually go every other year. So 2020 went virtual. 2022 right. did not exist. Right. And I haven't heard mm. shit about 2024 or anything. I just don't know if they're going to be fucking doing it. Right. Um. So kind of is what it is. But um. late March, Charleston. Wow. There was some surge pricing there. Oh, yeah. To get direct flights on a reputable airline because I could have flew Breeze out of Providence. I don't know what Breeze is. Yeah, I don't either. 
<laughs> so, well, okay. So I've lo- I looked into it because I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's cheap enough that it might be fucking worth it. Like short flight. What the fuck do I really care? Yeah. Um. So Breeze is a low cost operator. It's supposed to be better than Spirit. But like, I mean, dude, when you're when flights are like 700 bucks and you're charging like three and a quarter. Like, how are you not Spirit? Like does that doesn't make any sense. Right. Right. Like you are spirit. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it, it it's supposed to be because but it's a newer airline. Like it started in 2021. So I think it's supposed to be a little bit different. Like maybe like looking at spirit and front frontier and allegiant, whatever, and being like, okay, well, how can we at least be better than them? Like, yeah, take take what they do well, but like not what they do shitty, or else you're just <laughs> too repetitive. Yeah. Whatever. So I'm not flying Breeze. Um, so I'm gonna go. Like I'm gonna gonna give it the old college try. We'll see. Um, so I'm looking around at it because I'm looking at like a map for hotels because obviously those are more expensive than I want to be too. I'm like this fucking sucks. Like yeah, I wanted to go. Like I like. You've been to Charleston. Michaela's been to Charleston. You people have told me that I would probably like it there. I'm like, we have the opportunity. It's like, you know, I've been part of this group. Like, I can do it. Like, all the reasons are go. Right. Except everything is so fucking expensive. (laughs) So fucking expensive. Yeah. And I guess, you know, I know Charleston's generally nice, but... And it would be nice for us, but I guess like right now ain't so nice because it would be fucking cheap as hell to go. Like, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> like it would be so cheap. Yeah, um, it does get kind of cold there, and by kind of cold, I like like it gets to like the forties. I like it doesn't quite snow. You know when we got our cold front? Yeah, that was Christmas, right? Yeah, eight degrees in Charleston. Yeah, I could eight. see that. Well, that was everywhere. That was it. Last week or two weeks ago, when it was really fucking cold here, Florida was like 40 degrees. Like people were freaking out because they're like, oh, it's 40 degrees in Florida. That's like, yeah. Well, actually, I think so. Why do I want to think it was like Christmas week? Probably because it was Um, or most likely it was. So I looked at New Orleans because when we were there, it was like 65, 70 or 60, 70, like something like that. Because the weather wasn't it wasn't super good or it wasn't super sunny. Um. Or day one was okay. Yeah. Um. It was 27 degrees. Yeah, holy shit. I'm like, these places are not equipped for this shit. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> not at all. <clears throat> um. So anyway, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Charleston and I got kind of excited. I'm like, because I'm looking at a map, I'm looking at hotels and I see, I'm like French Quarter. I go, <sighs> like I'm like, I, I'm getting the, like a little, I'm getting yeah. like my flashbacks and I'm like, ha ah, New Orleans. <laughs> Their French quarter is a fucking sham. It well, is yeah. not. It's it is not. not what I want it to be. I didn't even know that they had a French quarter and I've they been might there. as well not. I've been there twice. <laughs> so it's, it's, um, I think South market street. Yeah. Which if I think that's a fairly big street. Yes. Yeah, it's the main street. There's two. Yeah. There's Market King, Street King and, and Market King Street. Yeah. Yeah. So Those you take King all the way down. Market runs the other way. You go just south of South Market Street. 
which got to be like right there. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a little, it's a few blocks. It's not, it's nothing. Yeah. But I got like real excited. Down past the College of Charleston. Is College of Charleston over by Mount Pleasant? No. It's on the other, it's on the other side of the. It's like in the river. heart. It's in the heart of Charleston. I don't know what that is. So, you know, you know, it's like, okay. King, it's like Market Street. Okay. Yeah. So then it's probably just yeah. south of that, if not directly in it. So, you know how Charleston comes down, makes like one loop. Yep. And Mount Pleasant's the bridge across, makes like another loop. Yeah. It's in that like bottom quarter of the loop, like okay. below where you would take the bridge to go across to Mount Pleasant. Okay. Okay. So it's a little further up than than College of Charleston. Yeah, like what? in in like the tier if the teardrop of Charleston, it's on like the top of the teardrop. If it's uh, by, I don't if know it's if by it's by the bridge. No, 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 it's south of the bridge. Hold on, I'll find it. Because <laughs> I want to describe this like not an idiot, even though we're describing a fucking map with words. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, how? Yeah, yeah, like you could know. you be any fucking stupider than trying to explain a fucking? <clears throat> Because the bridge to Mount Pleasant is at the top of Oh, Charleston. is it way up there? Yeah. All right. Hold on. So there's the city market. Where the fuck is the street I'm looking for? No, it's like it's like lower down. Because, oh, that bridge is up there. My bad. Yeah. Um, oh, you know why? Because I look straight across from like Mount Pleasant, like where it like they don't run parallel it comes like straight across from there um but anyway all that to say that charleston's uh french quarter needs to be renamed to just like anything else <laughs> and actually any french quarter needs to be renamed to something else because for 30 seconds i had false hope <laughs> that i was going to be walking into something like that and no you know i already know what's going to happen i'm going to wander down there and be like Oh well, you know I am here. I may as well take a look. <laughs> like, well, yep, nope. This sucked the way I thought it did. Um, I mean that part of Charleston is pretty cool because it's right on the water. Um, there's that stoop, that fucking giant pineapple thing that everyone takes a picture in front of is over there. Do I have to sit on it? What uh, giant pineapple? There's a giant pineapple. It's like a bronze pineapple in Charleston. It's like right on the water, but it's like right there. Um, there's a cool restaurant that's over there. Um, I forget the name of it, but I'm gonna go sit on it at four o'clock. They uh <laughs> they they like you know, they go out and catch fish and then they cook the fish fresh like that day. Sounds nice. Yeah. Fleet landing? That might be it. Yeah, so that's that's the that's the Charleston French Quarter. Yeah, I know. That's why I was Oh, okay, okay. That's yeah, why I said it's, I it's in there. The pineapple's right there, and fleet it's landing like is right there. Three blocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you walk around there, you'll see it. It looks like, you know, New Orleans and Savannah. Looks. Like it's, it, it looks like you know what Not I mean. Is. It's got like the second floor has like the balconies, rod, the wrought yeah, iron, iron, iron balconies. Yeah, made yeah. by a blacksmith, not a Cob- whitesmith. <laughs> Cobblestone roads and shit. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll probably end up wandering in just so I can fucking walk around and be like, this is a fucking fraud. 
<laughs> I'm gonna go to a new place just so I can fucking hate hate a section of it. <laughs> So, Other than that, though, it should be all right. How long are you going for? Just a couple days. Fly in Friday. I think there's plans for Top Golf on Friday, regular golf Saturday, dinner Saturday, and then most people would probably fly out, but there were no direct flights on that Sunday, so I'm staying until Monday. Oh, nice. So I think I should have like a full day and a half just to my fucking – uh no probably like a full day because i do need to fly on monday i right. don't have monday right. yeah yeah most it's really sunday. cool i don't know if it's still there it's tough you know post pandemic with everything but um there's a really cool float spa in mount pleasant uh that i enjoyed when i was there if you want to float in a uh sensory deprivation tank most likely I'll probably end up just walking eight miles around <laughs> the city. Yeah. Yeah. That's to be perfectly yeah. honest. In reality, that's probably what I'll do. Yeah. And I would say, are you golfing in Mount Pleasant? I don't know where we're playing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause I think so basically the way it was described to me when I was there is like Charleston is old money. Like people that actually live there. It's old money. And then Mount Pleasant is like new money and it's people with way more money. So it's like, like if you walk around downtown Charleston, you're like, oh, this looks just like Savannah and New Orleans. But then you go over to Mount Pleasant and you're like, wow, this looks like a brand new modern city. That does nothing for me. Yeah. But what I actually could do, because if I'm going to play, it depends on, see, it depends on where, where we're playing like as a group. Because mm -hmm. if I can rent clubs, I'm not going to bring mine. But if I can't rent them, then I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to bring them with me and check them. Yeah. And if I'm checking, if I'm checking fucking clubs, I may as well just book another tea time. Yeah, you might as well. Like make it fucking worth my time and fucking hassle. Um, James Island is really cool. Um, if you end up not playing golf the on Saturday in James Island, I would say try and look for one on that other day that you have. So yeah. James Island is south of Charleston. We'll see. That's that place is known for uh I never I didn't make it there when I went to Charleston, but everyone said like, oh if you want like cool views, like you got to go to James Island. So like again, Charleston is like the old fucking southern city. Mount Pleasant is like new fun shit to do where all the young, <coughs> like, you know, a bunch of young people. And then James Island is like, they have a ton of beaches. Like they have like, everything is like waterfront. I yeah. think there's a, I think the country club of Charleston, I think is in Jamestown, which might be private. That might be private, uh, but I don't know. I could just try to find the Muni too. That's supposed to be yeah. like a fucking tricked out fucking yeah. roller coaster of a course. Um, yeah, you know what's funny though? Like, and I found this when I was in Portsmouth for the wedding. And it's like, I don't know if I have like super ADD or whatever, but like views almost do nothing for me. It's like, just put me in the city and just like let me like look around there where everything changes every fucking seven steps. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> oh, look, look at that. I won't go there, but look at it. It's like, oh, right. look at that. Like in Portsmouth. Oh, look, a German coffee shop. That's like really cool. It's like, are you going to go in? Well, no, but that's like <laughs> really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I can tell you, it's like, oh, some German coffee shop. I didn't get a chance to go. It's like, oh, yeah. man, maybe yeah. next time. Yeah, maybe next time, man. Yeah. It was like me with James Island. Like, I didn't actually go. Yeah. But I talked to like three or four people while I was down there that was like, oh, you have to go. You have to get over there. That's what I mean, though. It's like, if I'm going to play golf like another time, uh, I guess it would have to be Sunday. And then it's like, I'm not going to have time to really actually do much else if I play again. Right. Right. Yeah, but then again, true. it's like, again, how many laps can I do in the city? Law steps. Yeah. It's a lot of steps. So who knows? I don't have a real itinerary yet, but yeah, that'll be fun. I think you'll, you'll enjoy it. It's a good spot. Um. So my final thought as we were talking about the, uh, the mountain West region, uh, and all that shit. Uh, Amy and I started watching Yellowstone. Uh, so I want to give a shout out to Jones, a uh, friend of the show. He uh, gave me his Peacock login so I could use uh, the Peacock to watch Yellowstone. Uh, so funny, because funny story, I signed up for a free trial of Yellowstone, like, I don't know, two months ago. Um, so Amy and I started watching Yellowstone when I had the free trial but we only made it through like three or four episodes and then my free trial was up. I think I only got it for like a week or two weeks or something. Uh, and I never renewed it because I was like, I'm not paying $8 a month, like for another fucking streaming service. Uh, so Jones was like, Oh, I have Peacock. You can just use my login. So I have been using it and we started watching Yellowstone. Um, again, we, we restarted. And we are like ha almost halfway through the second season now. Holy shit. This is a great show. Like, I know like everyone always talked about it and it was like, it was the most popular show on TV and everyone shits their pants over Yellowstone. Like, oh my God, it's so great. It's awesome. It's actually pretty fucking good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the first one to be like, yeah, I don't know. Right. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm a little skeptical going into this. Like, I'm sure it'll be fine. But, you know, Kevin Costner's good, like, whatever, it's it's fine. Um, it's really fucking good. So uh, tip of the cap to uh, to Taylor Sheridan and that, because now now they have spinoff series. Like they have, uh, what did they do first? 1883, and then they did 1923, uh, which are, you know, the, the family of Yellowstone, the Duttons, like way back in those years when they first started and everything. And so, yeah, it'll, it'll be pretty cool to, you know, obviously finish. I think there's five seasons of Yellowstone and we're only, you know, almost halfway through season two. So we got a long way to go still, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it is a very good show. I'm very, very impressed so far. So hopefully it stays that way, you know, cause that's, Unfortunately, all these great TV shows eventually start to fall off, whether it was, you know, 24 or Dexter or, uh, you know, Game of Thrones, like all these TV shows that I've loved over the years, they usually start to fall off by the end. So I don't know, hopefully, hopefully they keep it up. Uh, but like I said, the first season and four episodes are amazing. 
So uh, I'm probably late to the game. There's probably plenty of people listening to this being like, yeah, you fucking yeah, no won. shit. Hey, yeah, thanks for the recommendation. Yeah. I've only been hearing about that for the last year and a half. Yeah. The show's only been on since fucking 2018. Yeah. You're late to the fucking party, you moron, which fine, whatever. You're not wrong. Uh, but if you haven't uh, watched Yellowstone yet, I would uh, say it's probably worth your time. It's it's pretty good. Again, if you have access to Peacock, if you're like me and you didn't want to pay $8 a month just for another streaming service uh, with the ones that we already spend money on, uh, then don't. <laughs> but if you have it, fucking check it out. So. All right. That is it for us. Uh, we're going to. We're going to sign off. I was just thinking it's a good thing that that no one else did show up because the new uh, like border thing that I have set up, I only have it for two people. I haven't built one for three people yet. <laughs> Jeez. So I would have to like edit that. What in are you fucking... waiting for? Yeah, I know. I know. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully you're still enjoying this. You can, you can take a look around, around the border here and you can see. Uh, you know, where you can find us on social media, uh, which, you know, if you're an audio guy, I'll tell you uh, if you're not using YouTube. So you can get us on Instagram at Sarcasm Speaks Pod. Uh, we're on Twitter at Sarcasm underscore Speaks. Facebook page is Sarcasm Speaks. Uh, you can go to the website, sarcasmspeaks.com. Then you can go to our merch store, which is a little bit different than our website, but, you know, it's there. Uh, then you can uh, buy anything you want with our logo on it. Uh, also don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, review, wherever you're at, whatever you do, uh, tell everybody, you know, about the show. Uh, thank you to mybookie.com. Use the promo code sarcasm pod when you sign up to double your first deposit up to a thousand bucks. And you can use that same promo code sarcasm pod when you check out with grillyourassoff.com, the best goddamn fucking food accoutrement website store in the entire world. Uh, for 15% off your entire order. Again, sarcasm pod, grillyourassoff.com. Get you 15% off every single time you check out. So until next time. Hey.